afternoon, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM, Raleigh. Oh yeah, I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm John Hinton. And we are absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with all the NC State sports. Benjamin Denton, John Hinton here. John, how's it going on this fantastic Thursday afternoon? Uh, It's pretty good, Benjamin. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I saw um, I saw a commercial. Uh, I forget. I think it was a Toyota commercial, and they actually used our um, intro song. And I texted Ben. He was like, "Yo, that's cool, but like stolen valor." You're like, dang yep. right, <laughs> stolen valor. We've been using bell bottoms what since the first show. Yes, sir. That intro that you hear that's most every week flawless, mm-hmm. amazing every week, regardless is always done live. Obviously, <laughs> so a lot and of it was big some, words. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I practiced that in my car. It's like an hour, 15 minute commute home when I go home to see my parents. And I practiced that in my car for like 45 minutes, like each of the way driving mm-hmm. there because I was by myself and I didn't have to worry about being self-conscious. And that's how I get that flawless timing every time with it's, the Raleigh. Yeah. Now it's just memory. It's hype. I don't even, uh, I don't even have to practice anymore. I just get on the air and like, what am I about to say? And it just, it just like goes. Like Allen Iverson, bro. Just practice. Allen Iverson, Yeah. Talking about practice? Yes. Well, what's speaking of practice, what's on the show today, John? <laughs> um, we're going to do Overreactions Part 3. Pretty excited for it. Uh, talking fan favorite. Old, yeah, fan favorite, as <laughs> we hope. Um, going to talk a lot of Panthers. Going to talk some NC State football. And we had a couple um, non-revenue sports really get going with their seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to start with Cross Country because they had their first meet of the year. Yeah, they had the... Uh, uh, Adidas Cross Country Challenge at Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary. It is our only uh, home cross country meet of the season, and we had a 5K for the women and a 6K for the men, and mm-hmm. we really showed out for both squads, but especially the women, as we came away with the team title in the women's 5K, led by senior Ellie Hennes with an, her first individual title of her career. Yeah, she led the field with a 16 minutes, 46 seconds time, and she managed to move herself into the top spot over the last half of the race. Um, State's uh, win in the 5K, that was our fifth in a row since um, our home meet was renamed the Adidas Cross Country Challenge in 2015. 11, 11, yeah, of, go ahead. Sorry, 11 of the top 12 finishers were members of the NC State roster. Eight of those runners were competing in the Wolfpack uniform, currently students. Yeah, some. Uh, the reason that that number is different because there are runners that you can compete individually, but it won't count towards your team's like points for winning. Right. So right. If, if three of those runners that placed in the top 11 had actually won the race, it would not have helped yes. like, the team It's score. like tennis where you get your top six and mm-hmm. the rest can compete and score individually, but not for the team. Yeah, and with yeah. cross country, it's just a bunch of people running on the path. So like you yeah. just add a couple pedestrians in there, maybe <laughs> get a dirt bike and just see see how things go. I would love to see how bad I would do against our cross country runners. Like it would just be funny. So like watch GPS trackers from space and just like see the distance. Can you imagine like, how bad I would do? I think they could beat yes. me with me on a bike. Yeah. I th- oh. <laughs> That's what I think. Especially yeah, if they, it's off-road. Honestly, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I just went camping and the campgrounds had paved roads, so that's where I rode my bike. I was yeah. very fast, John. I believe you. My bike was, uh, when I was a little kid, it was called Spitfire. Spitfire? Oh, it was lit. Spitfire. That's interesting. I never named my bike. Well, it's this. the name was on. It was like one of those little uh, Schwinn bikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I said that I right. I had a mongoose for years oh, and then yeah. got a Fuji in middle school and rode that until it Fuji? that actually that bike actually got stolen my freshman year of really? college yeah yeah somebody cut the um cut the lock that i had wow yeah pretty is crazy is fuji like the gucci of bikes for yeah, kids i would think so yeah i like to think so i yeah. think okay so the spitfire was my first like my own bike that yeah. wasn't like a little junk bike that looks like a pv you know those little bikes that look like they're pvc pipe put together but they're metal yeah so they don't look like nice and then i had yeah. the spitfire and then i rode my aunt's bike from the time I was like 11 to like 14, it was a pink and blue bike. But like, obviously I was a legend even at that age and I didn't mm-hmm. care that the bike was pink. 
Like it, my aunt was kind of short, so it, it fit me. <laughs> and then uh, our neighbor had a barn full of bikes. Really? And, uh, me and my brother just did some yard work for him, and we got to pick out a bike. That seems kind of suspicious, a barn well, full of bikes. Well, I don't he know. had like a lot of junk in his yard. Mm. I mean, this is the country, so he would go that around to junkyards yeah. and just pick up stuff. And pick up bikes. Bikes yeah. and, and all kinds of stuff that was in his yard. And we did some yard work for him, and uh, my brother just got me the bike, which was kind of cool. Nice. I still have that now. It's a, it's a triathlon bike, I think. It's like 28-inch rims. Dang, that's awesome. So triathlon I'm, bikes. I'm sports. pimping right there on that yeah. bike. <laughs> anyway, that was a heck of a sidetrack there. It was. For yeah. the men's side in the 6K, which definitely would have beat me on my bike, we uh, had <laughs> second place with 58 points, led by a ninth place individual finish by Joe Bistrich. Yeah, he was first to cross the finish line for the pack in what was a career best uh, 18 minutes and 9 seconds, which, of course, was good for ninth place. Uh, redshirt freshman Aries Epps placed 12th with um, an 18-minute, 19-second finish. Yeah, Gavin Gaynor, Jared McKinnon, and Tim Basin each uh, finished 15th, 16th, and 17th, respectively, all within about 10 seconds of each other. Can I, can I just say Aries is probably one of the best names I've ever heard. For a first name. It is pretty good. Isn't yes. that a Greek god? Greek god of war. Yes. The Greek god of war. What if you're like, what if your name is Ares and you're like a pacifist? Like you're just not aggressive. Maybe yeah. that's why he did cross country. He didn't like fighting people. Well, I mean, maybe cross country is one of the original Olympic sports. I mean, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So Greek name. Okay. Greek god. Back to his competing. roots. Yeah, exactly. I just, anytime we see a really strong name, I got to mention it. We, we probably should put that in the description of the show, like stuff we talk about. Strong names. Um, later in the that show, true, yes. we're going to talk about um, who would be your beer pong partner. Who'd yes. you pick? Me and Johnny <laughs> have a couple picks. And That's going to be interesting. For both the Panthers and the rest of the NFL. But uh, obviously, yep. we're not endorsing like drinking or anything if you're underage. Like, of course. Be 21, guys. Of course, as all the NFL players are. Um, up next, NC State hits the road for the first time in 2019, heading to South Bend, Indiana, for the Joe P.N. Notre Dame Invitational. That's on Friday, October 4th, and it's set for a 1 p.m. start time. Up next, for you guys, we have men's soccer. We only had one game since the last show that was on the road against... Again, we're in the ACC, so we're going to have tough games sometimes, and this was the number five team in the country, Virginia, and we went up to Charlottesville and lost uh, 2 to nothing, was to a very, very good team. Yeah, Virginia scored in the 42nd minute. That put them ahead for the entire game. Um, it was still one to nothing in the 80th minute. NC State outshot Virginia four to one in the last 10 minutes, but they were unable to convert any chances. And then Virginia um, was fouled in the box in the 90th minute and converted a penalty to make it two nothing. So actually, a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, good, well played game overall. Vinny Durand he had um, three saves, only gave up one goal in play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like if you're a goalie, you don't really count if they're ba- like can't block a penalty shot. It's already rigged against them anyway. Yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah. you literally are randomly picking mm-hmm. a direction. Well, not randomly, but I guess a goalie would. Probably I mean, there, tell you. there's a reason that the penalty shots have no defenders. Like it's to you know keep the defense from doing what they're doing to yeah. keep them from fouling in the box. But um, we do have a road match against number 17 Louisville tomorrow at 7:30. Of course, ACC soccer pretty much. Half the teams we're uh, going to play are going to be ranked. Yeah, there's always uh, seven or eight ranked teams in the top 25 out of our conference every single year on usually both men's and women's side. Yes, and the women actually just played the eighth-ranked Blue Devils um, to open ACC play. Um, that was a and actually a positive result for the pack. They tied with Duke one to one in a double overtime thriller. The first half was scoreless for both teams, but then uh, Ziara King scored with a PK in the 63rd minute. Yeah, that's her eighth this season. Yes. And the 43rd of her career, which puts her third all time on NC State in scoring goals for the women's soccer team. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Duke Duke did tie the game in the 88th minute, which really sucks uh, because, you know, three minutes away from beating the number eight team in the country on the road. Um, But NC State did control overtime, they controlled possession. Uh, They had five shots. Were unable to score, but still uh, the result held and got a 1-1 draw. Yeah, with a pretty is, good team. Exactly. So mm-hmm. like you said at the beginning, a positive result going to Durham and coming away. A win would have been nice, but a tie is not that bad. Yes, this is not football. Well, yeah. it is football, but it's, it's not American football. This is real football. Ties are good. Yes, this is football. Yeah, so up next we have 
on the road, number four in the country, UNC. Yes. With basically UNC is the UConn women's basketball of women's soccer. UNC Pretty and Stanford much. have like probably 60% of the national team. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough test. And UNC is good at women's soccer. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's today and you can watch it on the uh, the new ACT network if you get that on your channel. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Last night I was eating at a restaurant on Hillsborough Street and uh, they had college volleyball on. Penn State and Michigan oh, State. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. They like all um, like the conference networks are really cool because they give a chance of these non-revenue sports to be shown. Yeah, and they're you know? really fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Because like, there's it's not often like like. Do you remember the um the Universal Sports Network that NBC used to have? Oh it yeah, was like, I think I do. Yeah, it was like Olympic sports year round, and like they were all there was always some sort of competition. I would. Like, I really wish they had that now. Yeah, I do too. And it was like. But this is kind of that for, you know, non-revenue sports. Can you imagine turning on the TV and watching fencing? Okay, no, I can't. But No, fencing is awesome. Are you... you, Eh. Oh, my God. I don't know if it's awesome to watch on TV, but... There is a guy that's, like, the Michael Jordan of fencing, or the LeBron James of fencing, depending on where you sit in that argument. Um, Yeah, the LeBron. The LeBron of fencing, where he's, like... I was reading online about how his body's like perfect for the sport with the, his combination of like the length and the reaction time, and the quickness, and like it's it's crazy. I was looking more into it. And I was like, wow, this sport is kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, fencing's definitely cool. I just I don't know how interesting to be to watch on TV because it's so fast. Oh yeah, true, you know? true, true. Yeah, but like like being able to watch swimming during the year that'd be really cool. I'd like it. You would? Yes, yes I would. I very much would. We're talking about swimming in a second, but right now, um, men's golf, we're going to get you caught up on the season they've had so far. Tobin season, they had the Gopher Invitational, which was over at the University of Minnesota. We finished out of 15 teams. We did finish 11th, so not our best showing, but still pretty good. Senior Christian Salzer shot the best round of the tournament on the last day, a 200 par 69 to finish in a tie for a 24th place with a three-round score of five over par. So that was his par uh, five over for the whole like weekend. Yeah, he actually climbed uh, 30 spots on the individual leaderboard on the last day. Um, Easton Paxton, we've been talking about him uh, for as long as we've been doing the show. He finished in a tie with Salzer in a tie for 24th place, same score as well. Yeah, Spencer Oxendine was next for the pack as he tied for 44th place as he made his debut with scores of 73, 72, and a 77 the three days of the tournament. And another true freshman, uh, Max Steinlechner, he finished one shot back of Oxendine in a tie for 50th. He shot a 75 for um, the second consecutive round on Monday. Yeah, and he is, with a name like Steinlechner, he is from Austria. Yes. I'm not, it's it's written down, like that's for sure. I'm not just saying that. Oh, I know, that. yeah. Yeah. Benjamin Ship, great name, by the way. Speaking of dope names... <laughs> Um, he rounded out the NC State lineup, finishing 66th place as he shot 77, 75, and 76 on the tournament. That was the Gopher Invitational. Good news is we had the Maui Invitational next, and we actually did significantly better there. Yes. We had, our on the last day of the tournament, we shot our best day of the season, a six under par 274, and we moved up four positions in the final day and finished in seventh place out of 15 teams at the Maui Invitational. Yeah, Arizona State uh, kind of ran away with it. They won the uh, by seven shots over Arizona. Obviously, some good golf going on in Arizona. Um, but they were the only team to shoot better than uh, NC State on Sunday. Uh, Christian Salzer, he led the way with a one under 69 on Sunday and finished with a 54-hole score a three under par, tying for 24th place. Yeah, Spencer Oxendine, once again, shot very well. In fact, the best of his very young career, he shot 200 par, 70 for a 68 to move up 17 spots on the last day in the individual leaderboard. Yeah, Steinlecker, he was next. He tied 49th, two over par for the tournament. Easton Paxton, he was one shot back, excuse me, one shot back of Steinlecker in a tie for 53rd place. Yeah, after a couple weekends of playing, we're going to have a few weeks off and we're going to resume play with a home, I guess, would you say match? Home yes. tournament? Tournament, yeah. yeah home tournament, tournament, October 5th, which is my mom's birthday. And that's going to be at the Wolfpack Intercollegiate at Lonnie Pool Golf Course, which is, what, mile and a half from where we are right now? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah, it's off of... So uh, Benji could run there in 30 minutes. Probably 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Women's uh, tennis is what we have up next for you. We had uh, a lot of hype in the preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Anna Rogers and Elena Smith were tabbed the number one duo 
in the country, not the ACC, the entire nation of America, the best women's duo team. That's preseason hype. Um, last year, they did very well. They advanced to the Elite Eight, ending the season with a 35-6 and mark and collecting 15 wins over ranked opponents uh, overall for the whole season. Yeah, Anna Rodgers, she ended up ranked number eight as a single player, which is the highest in school history. And we had five players in single rankings, which was tied for the most in the ACC with UNC. Yeah, so we had the Wahoa Invitational, and the tennis invitationals towards the beginning of the season are not, it's usually individuals will compete. It's not the whole, these invitationals aren't uh, state playing Duke or, or per se. It's a duo right. from state might go, a couple of singles might go. And so for the Wahoa Invitational, we had a doubles title by duo Lexi uh, Kieberle. Yes. And Liz Norman, and they had a perfect record of 3-0 and on the weekend in doubles play. Yeah, they defeated uh, Mia Rabinovitz uh, from Illinois um, to report their first ranked wins as NC State players, um, and they each split their four singles matches, recording a 2-2 two to two start on the season. Moving on for men's tennis, we had the Duke James Bonk Invitational, which um, when I was uh, looking up what happened, it was just called the Duke Bonk Invitational, which was funny, but Duke Bonk. It's like dunk, but just bonk with Dunk's, different letters. Yeah, salute, Duke Bonk. Kind of like what Zion did. It's like dunk so well. It's I was just gonna, a yeah. new. It's just a different kind of dunk. It's just a bonk. Bonk. Just when he slaps someone's shot against the backboard from the other side of the court, <laughs> or blocks Duke a three pointer into the uh, stands. Very true. Against Virginia. Yes. After going four and zero in singles action over the weekend, six foot seven redshirt freshman Joseph Schroeder of NC State, won the uh, singles title at the Bonk Invitational on Sunday morning. He opened the tournament with a 6-1 win over uh, Elon players, as well as wins over Gardner-Webb and UNC Charlotte tennis players on Saturday. Yeah, he beat um, Liberty's Joseph Emerson on Sunday afternoon to close out his perfect weekend. Which takes us to the Milwaukee Classic, which of course had some NC State players. We had a duo of Tadis Babalus and Yanni Barkai defeated Arizona State's 26th-ranked duo to win the doubles title um, at the Milwaukee Classic. Yeah, they posted a perfect 5-0 record throughout the weekend of action, and they took down two nationally-ranked pairs over the final two rounds of action to win the doubles title at the tournament. Yeah, they won the first two uh, games 8-4 to over uh, Wisconsin and then a Pepperdine duo, and they overcame a 0-3 deficit to beat the Tennessee duo, also 8-4 to in the semifinals, to get to those finals. So that's what we have for men's tennis. Up next, they will go to the ITA All-American Championship, which is going to be October 5th through 13th in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're going to have uh, seven players there for that. Moving on, we have volleyball, which is the last of the non-revenue. Oh, then we have swimming right after we that. Just got, yeah, quick note about swimming. Um, NC State is not doing well in volleyball. Well, not amazing, but not amazing. We, we still support them. We had the of ACC course, yeah. SEC challenge over the weekend yes. and took a couple of losses there. Yeah, um, they lost to Georgia and they did lose in four sets. But Lauren Terry, she did set a school record for number of blocks in a match with fourteen, and that was only in four sets. So pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, that that is actually pretty crazy. When you see a number like fourteen kills, is very common, but mm-hmm. fourteen blocks is just insane. Yes. Melissa Evans also had 17 kills in that game. In the Arkansas game, we did uh, lose the first two sets, but came back to tie it 2-2, lost the final set to take the loss. But Melissa Evans had 19 kills, and Jada Parchment had 15, but not quite enough to beat Arkansas. We did get a win against Furman on Sunday, winning in straight sets. Uh, That match closed out our non-conference play. Uh, Melissa Evans led the way uh, again with 13 kills. Match was not really that close, so... um, is good to get a win going into ACC play because next up tomorrow they are going against Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky at 7 to open up. Back in my day, I remember the Big East, John, when Louisville was in the Big East. I do too. And they got 12 teams in the tournament in basketball. Oh, man. That was the yeah, year that UConn was won, awesome. right? Yeah. UConn was a 3C with Kemba. UConn was a 3C. That was an insane year. That's honestly one of the best tournaments in the last two years have not been that good. Nope. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. My favorite sporting event of the year, and it's been disappointing the last two years. But yeah, that was yeah. volleyball for you and quick, a little bit of basketball. Uh, yeah, quick, 
Quick note about swimming. Uh, they have the fifth annual Wolfpack Games tomorrow at 7 at Casey Natatorium. Um, they're going to have medal ceremonies um, and a lot of fun events. If you like swimming, if you don't know that much about swimming and you want to go check it out, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, they do a lot of unconventional stuff that you're not going to see like at yes. meets later. Like, uh, isn't there a tug of war at some point? I think they do a tug of war. I know they do like a, a 50 underwater dolphin, things of that nature, you know. Uh, they have a co-ed relay. Co-ed relay, which you actually will see. You actually will see co-ed relays at national okay. championships and things like that. Not at dual meets, but at championship meets, you will see co-ed relays. Mm-hmm. I but, think uh, last yeah. year, I think they had a dive meet, quote unquote, where like the swimmers jumped off the platform and like I think it was like judging the splash. It may have been the football team that did that. I could see them doing that though. So anyways, it, it is a lot of fun. Fun for the kids too. Definitely. And then yes. they're always signing autographs and these are autographs you're going to get from Olympians and national champions. Yes. So it's a pretty... Those are the best kinds of autographs. Yeah. And as far as I know, it's free to go. You just have to go to Carmichael Gym and like tell them you're there for yeah, the Wolfpack just games. Just go. It's free. Oh, that's all we have guys. Yes. It's a song break. Thanks for listening to the show. No. It's, yeah. It's a song break. Um, I'm going to play a song that I uh, added to the place a couple weeks ago. Sometimes I uh, hear a song I really like, I'll add it, forget about it, and then I'm going through before the show and I'm like, what do I have today? And then I realize, man, I really picked out a banger. Mm. So that's what I have for you guys right now. <laughs> this is a song called Growing Pains. With an, Speaking of dope names, Teddy Coffee. Life Sports Show, Benjamin Ditton and John Hinton. That was Growing Pains by Teddy Coffee. 
I have to admit, that was a banger. Thank you. I like it, Ben. Yep. We're jamming out in the studio. I know I say this like every week, but the speakers here are awesome. I wish we could like borrow the sound system for our place. That'd be awesome, man. Like for a week. It would. Yes. Like that's like a, what, a two by three foot speaker up on the ceiling. I mean, I just play music from my phone and you're like, the sound sucks. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Well, now I've got John to where he'll hook it up to his TV. Yes. And he'll listen to music through the TV. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Smart TVs are awesome. And controls, I can control my TV from my phone. Yeah. Compared it's, to uh, dumb TVs before that. Yes. Dumb TV. Dumb computers, man. My, my TV is actually smarter than my computer. Did you ever have the thick TVs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Okay, so, yeah, we had one that was probably longer than it was wide. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, it oh, was the good huge. old days. And uh, my dad's probably listening. He remembers this. We used to watch all the Panthers games on it. Um, it had that little thing, like the little hinge that you would push in and it clicks open and you got like the volume buttons and stuff and then you close <laughs> it. And, <laughs> yeah. We had, um, when I was a really little kid, a square TV from the eighties that was one of those thick TVs and it actually was longer than it was like wide. Yeah. And it was, um, it was one of those ones you had to like press the channel button on it and the remotes didn't really work. And it literally was from the 80s. And then my grandma gave us like it. And it was like an 18-inch TV. Yeah. Like it's basically the size of my laptop screen. Well, bigger than my laptop screen now. But it was a very small TV. And then my grandma gave us, once again, a very thick TV Mm -hmm. that was like 28 inches or something like that. And we were like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing (laughs) thing. And we had that TV up until like three years ago. Well, yeah. we actually got a flat screen TV. Hey, man, if it works, it works. That's I mean, what my dad says. Yeah, yeah, if it works, it works. I mean, uh, we watched the entire 2-14 and 14 Panthers season on that TV. Yeah. Every same. single game. Every single I one. I had to listen to those on the radio because I could not talk my family into watching it. Like, yeah. my mom didn't really like us watching TV, mm. so we watched stuff as a family. And then um, we, I think I talked us into watching one game. I think it was Jimmy Clausen against the Buccaneers. And my dad was like, "Why? Why am I gonna Benjamin? These, 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 this team is awful." So I just yeah. went upstairs and listened to it on the radio. <laughs> but then we drafted Cam Newton, and that's what we used to um, got my whole family into football yeah. just watching the Panthers and Cam Newton. And I don't know if I'll ever have that again. Mm. On so that good, note, guys, yeah. NC State football. We did get a win against Levar Ball School, Woo. Ball State. It's an awesome name for a school. It is kind They're of. They're cool. from Indiana. It's yeah. ball like they literally it's like we ball. Yeah. We ball state. BSU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. I got my degree from BSU, B- guys. Yeah. Boise State, Ball State. Ball State. That's it's a great name. The uniforms were not bad too. Some ah, very, very the very names tight uniforms. On the players were awesome. We were behind uh the I was anyway, behind the um visiting yeah, we were, team. We were on opposite ends of the field. They had the backup quarterback. His name literally spelt out Charles B-O-I-S. So he was Charles Boys. Full huh. name. Full last name. They had a guy, a guy named Rudy. Dude whose name was Brock. I bet it'd be Charlotte Boy. Probably. Yeah. But I just said Charlie Boys when I was yelling Charles at him. Boys. Charles Boys. Charlie Boys. <laughs> hey, Charlie Boys. But State did get the win 34-23. I think that game was a lot closer than it should have been. I was hot take. I'll say it. I was discouraged. Yeah. In this effort from the pack. I really was. I left in the fourth quarter after I realized we were actually not going to blow it. Yeah. And I was tired. I don't know. Senior year me does not feel like standing on the bleachers for yeah. four hours. I left after the first quarter because I could tell that we were eventually going to win and it wasn't going to be entertaining. I mentally left the game. Yeah. When Matt McKay came back in. Yeah. Matt McKay, again, NC State student. We support you, Matt McKay. And we support this football team, but Matt McKay should not be our starting quarterback. No. No, it's not even close. And the thing was, I thought, well, maybe Hawkman and Leary are just trash. And that's why we have McKay in there. Yeah. Hawkman comes in there. He took over the game like he was controlling it. He threw a pick, but it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. Every handoff was perfect, John. Every yeah. handoff on that oh, drive. Yeah, definitely. Right down the field. Just like Brock Osweiler. Hell yeah. Perfect handoffs. And um, he had a pitch that was perfect. Pitch perfect. Okay. And he had a pick that wasn't his fault. 
And I did see Leary before the game. We were talking about Leary, whether Leary should play. And like watching him throw, he has a really weird release. And it takes a noticeably longer time to let go of the ball than Hockman and McKay. So I understand just from watching that, like maybe that's why he's not playing as much. Because he is a redshirt freshman and mm. maybe they're trying to fix the mechanics. But he had a bit of a Tebow going for him. I guess. Yeah, Tebow won a lot of games in college. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I'm just trying to like figure out why. And yeah. Hawkman came in, played very well, was very fast. I'll bet Hawkman's faster than McKay. Hmm. He ran very fast, had a first down. It was a huge thing. The crowd was getting into it. And then throws a pick that wasn't his fault. And McKay comes back in and is okay the rest yeah, of the game. just okay. But yeah, I'd, I don't know. I like Dave Doran. And I think in college, you got to give a coach 10 years. I really think you got to give a coach 10 years if they're not, you know, losing like every game. Mm-hmm. So like, but this year is kind of testing my patience a little bit with the quarterback. Like you can't always just, I think I talked about it last week. So I'm being you, conservative. Yeah. With it. You can't always be conservative. You can't just go with a guy that's not going to throw picks. Like I saw a stat that was like, wow, Matt McKay's streak of no interceptions is one of the highest in the nation. It's like, yeah, who cares? You know, two is probably throwing one pick. Because he's chucking it down the field and making good passes, you know. Like we should be starting to a good, hot take. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I'll say good, it. But good quarterbacks take chances every once in a mm-hmm. while. If you don't take any chances, then the defense knows what they're gonna knows what you're gonna give them. Yeah, and a lot of times we're running against Ball State, and we are a good running football team. Yeah. Two good running backs and mm-hmm. a great O line. Our O line gave McKay all day. And yeah, that was another thing I saw. He was not comfortable. I don't want to sound like Skip Bayless here, but he was not comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. He missed some throws where he had a clean pocket and he was shuffling his feet, wanting to like not wanting to stand he and wants throw to the run. Ball. Yeah, he wants to run. That's what he wants to do. Like and we've he seen throws it. well on the run too. He throws well on the run. He he's a good running quarterback, but I think his his tendency is to go straight to the run because he's not willing to take a chance with the pass. He trusts his legs more than he trusts his arm. And I don't think that's a good sign. Yeah, and just when Hawkman came in there. The student section erupted. Like mm-hmm. we were invested in the game. And he had a great electric drive. And then like Matt McKay was back in. And he later threw a pick himself. Didn't get pulled. Exactly. And it just it was very frustrating as a student to be like, we can see this kid is not as good as yeah. the kid behind him. Yeah. And you're still playing Matt McKay. And again, love everybody that plays for NC State football. Of course. They're a heck of a lot better at football than I'll ever be or anyone else that probably comes on this radio show. But maybe, maybe John. No, nah, I'm just messing. I take John over uh, their fifth string. Quarterback. Hey man, I'll tell you what. I would definitely take chances. I can say that much. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely you, throw more interceptions than Matt McKay. Uh, you, I've I've seen you play. You'd get your head taken off as a quarterback yes, in I college would. football. Yeah, I would never run. I'd John just, would. He would. He would run and then run parallel to the line of scrimmage, looking to chuck it downfield. Yes, and then a defensive then, <laughs> tackle would crush him, like uh, the yeah. Vikings guy oh, did to Aaron Rodgers gosh. a couple couple yeah, of years just, ago. Drive my shoulder into the ground. Oh gosh, I'd be very yeah, excited. Never for mind. You. I don't want to be QB anymore. <laughs> Put that image in my head. Um, <laughs> well, up next we have Florida State, and we're not going to talk as much about NC State football. You hear that on the local uh, channels and whatnot. Yeah, you've heard it all, especially when we're not that good. Yeah. Remember, just, remember when John said we could win eight or nine games? Yeah, that was kind of a dumb take. I'm going to say it. Although I'll I will stick, I will stick by it until we are mathematically eliminated. <laughs> It's like, it's a dumb take, but I'm going with yeah, it, guys. Yeah, it's, it's a dumb take, but I'm not going to back story, down. That's the story of my life and my sports takes. Yes, that, yeah. I always... Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I don't really flip-flop. So I'm like Skip Bayless with bad takes, but I don't flip-flop yeah. off of them. Hey, Ben like uh, Ben said Daniel Jones is going to be good, so got to give him credit for that. N- well, okay. I'm glad you're, give- you're giving me more credit than I deserve there. Okay. This is this is a context because me and John talk sports all the time. Imagine that. Yeah. Off the radio. <laughs> And I said at the time when they took Jones, I was like, you cannot really reach on a quarterback because of how valuable the position is. Yeah. And if Daniel Jones was their guy, you cannot take him too high. Problem was, people were like, you can't, you could have got so many better players. You could have got Daniel Jones later. You don't know if another team evaluated him the way you did. If you can get your guy, imagine missing Aaron Rodgers because you're like, I can get him in the second round. Well, that's what's, fu- well, yeah, that's a good point. Aaron Rodgers, he was the 24th pick. Yeah. You know who was the first pick that year? Alex Smith. Yeah. If he's your guy, you can't draft him too high. Yeah. Of course, you see guys like Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel. Oh, those guys were drafted too high. No, they suck. They're out, they're not in the league now because they suck. It doesn't matter where you drafted them. They're not good. 
So if you think he's mm. going to be good and you think he's going to be your guy, you can't draft yeah. him too okay. high. So that's I didn't know if Daniel so Jones was going to be good. Didn't reach on Will Greer with a third round pick. Well, that's the thing. Is he their guy? And that's why I said with him. Do you think Will Greer is going to be good? No. If they did, <laughs> I really it don't. wasn't too high pick. I don't think now, but of course, I was listening to uh, the show a couple weeks ago, re-listening to it, and we were talking about the worst backup situation in the league. We said, you said Glennon was the worst. I was like, I don't know. We have Kyle Allen. Talk yeah. about a good take by me, right? Yeah, great take. And you're like, I don't know. Kyle Allen might not be great, but he's better than Glennon. Yes. So, uh, not as bad a take. Not as bad. Kyle Allen better than Mike Glennon. Yeah. That's going to come up later. Definitely. Kyle Allen's better than a lot of different quarterbacks. Yeah. We got our second song break, and then we'll be going for the rest of the show talking about pro football. This is uh, John's song. Yes, it is. It's very cool. Now, you can mentally vote between yourself on which one's better, and you absolutely could tweet us. Tweet at us, at NCSU. Hit us with that follow. Who has the better song? And if you do say John's, I'll be very sad. Yeah, that'll be sad. But let's face it. More than likely, John's is going to be better. <laughs> so Aww, we're going to go. Man. We're going to go ahead and You're play right. it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man! You didn't have to say that. We're going to go ahead and play it. This is uh, "Babylon" by Barnes Courtney. These walls are caving in. You're paying for your sins over and then again. are opening, you're melting in the sand. What planet are you on? What constellation are you? floating like a ghost out into the unknown. What planet are you on? Cosmic phenomenon. Stars by the millions. So hold on your sons to the gates of Babylon. Packers Live Sports Show. 
Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. That was Babylon by Barnes Courtney, one of my favorite artists. You should check him out. It's pretty dope. He just released a new album. It's really awesome. Are you Barnes Courtney? I wish. That'd be pretty awesome. Me too, honestly. Yep. We want to thank Evan for listening. Thank you, Evan. Shout out, Evan. Evan said uh, we were spitting fire on the football team. Yes, and he's right. We We were. were. We absolutely were. But talking about spitting fire, we're going to spit some real flames. I want all the smoke with the football team. I'm just putting that out there. All the smoke. (laughs) Give me all of it. I want it. Okay, well, this is going to anger Evan a little bit, but we're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Because me and John are some like two of the craziest fans that I know. Yes. I think if you combine... It hurts my feelings when the Panthers lose. If you combine the useless knowledge both me and John have on the Panthers, I think it could... Like you could probably get a degree on it. Hey man, when I uh, when I went to Cleveland with uh, my buddy Christian, his granddad, he was like, "Man, you know a whole lot about nothing." And I was like, "Yeah, I do." He goes, "I like it though." And then for the rest of the trip, like in the middle of the game, he looked at me and he was like, "Who was that Browns player they had like a few years ago?" And I knew the answer. And he's like, "Wow, you're an encyclopedia of football." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah, you're so you're an encyclopedia, John." I'm gonna use that later. I'm not really, but it, it was just funny. Yeah. But yeah, he'll, I know a whole lot about nothing. Well, we talking about, speaking of knowing nothing, last <laughs> week we were talking about the Panthers. What if? Because this, the season looked pretty bad. We were talking about firing Ron Revere, which I am still a fan of. I'm still. Oh, big time. I'm all in on that train still. Yes. Even if we win the Super Bowl. I'm no, all I'm in on kidding. that boat. I'm all in on that boat. All in if on you that will. boat. Yes. That river boat mm-hmm. to fire Ron Revere. Yes. But we did have Kyle Allen, who we thought earlier this year yeah. was not good. Yeah. Did not look good in preseason. Yeah. And um, we were like, what if they go into Arizona, win in dominant fashion, and Kyle Allen balls out? What do we do? We did that. And now we're in this situation. What do we do? <laughs> Cam Newton has an update on the injury with his foot. John, you and I were talking about it before the show. What is um, exactly the details of what's going on with his tarsals? Yeah, so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, okay. it's literally his tarsals. A, metatarsals, not tarsals. I mean, it's the meta of the tarsals. Well, you have no idea what you're talking about. Cam Newton has a list Frank injury, which basically means that um, some of his foot bones are separated from the joints, which is not something you fix with surgery. It's something you fix with rest, physical therapy, and what about coming back and like playing that? football? Um, it's going to be tough. Like, no, no, but I mean, does that actually help the injury? Like, he came back and played the first two weeks. Um, no, definitely. You don't hurts. think it helps? No, Dang I think. It. Yeah, it's a shame that Ron Rivera just said foot injury, and that the Panthers as a whole organization, because it's not just on Ron Rivera; it's also on the GM, it's also on the training staff, team doctor. It's also like five percent on Cam. Yeah. Although I can't fault him for wanting to come back, but still, yeah, what athlete doesn't want to play through the injury? Yes. That's what you've done your whole life. The only, the only problem with a list Frank injury is it does take time to develop. So they. Maybe didn't know it was a list Frank injury, but the problem is they were willing to push what they knew, mm-hmm. and now it's resulted in this. And a lot of the Cam haters were extremely happy. Oh, the haters are so active. Uh, to see Kyle Allen ball out, and yes. to see that someone else play quarterback for the Panthers. Hot take. You can support Kyle Allen and be very excited about him and not hate on Cam Newton. Yeah, and I'm a part it's of that possible. train just because, again, Cam Newton's my favorite player. Yes. And I was happy be. to see Kyle Allen do well. Mm-hmm. And honestly... A little part of me was like, man, what if we're better with Kyle Allen at quarterback? And that made yeah. me sad. Yeah. But then I realized it's it's overall much better for Cam because now he's not going to get rushed back. Yes. He's going to be fully healthy and for the first time in probably four years when yeah. he comes back from this injury he if ha- Kyle Allen plays like this. He has to be. And um, I mean, he I would say he was fully healthy at the start of last year because mm-hmm. um, he was putting up better numbers than he was in his MVP year. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then the Steelers game happened. Yes. And T.J. So, Watt hit his shoulder. Yeah, so I I think, I want, yeah, if Cam comes back this season, like, he, he has to be 100%. Mm-hmm. He has to be 100%, and I, I think that could happen. If not, I'm, I'm excited to see what Kyle Allen can do. And, I mean, I really, like, if the Panthers are better with Kyle Allen than they are with a healthy Cam at this point, and, I mean, I love Cam, but Kyle Allen's younger. Mm-hmm. And he makes the team better in that in that scenario. I'm yeah, not saying so right now. It's obviously only been two games that he started for us. Yeah, and yesterday he was making throws we haven't seen from Cam Newton this season. Yeah. And like the third down play to Samuels at and the, the one-yard one line. Yeah, and the one to Olsen uh, at the end of the game. Those were 
incredible throws. Like yeah. they they really are. And being mobile. And this is a talented kid. He was the number one recruit coming yeah. out of high school. Mm-hmm. He really underperformed and bounced around at Texas A&M, lost a starting job, and then went to um, well, him and Kyler Murray were there at the same time. You watched the yes. game, you know that. Mm-hmm. And he went to Houston, never played, and then went pro and went undrafted because very unproven. And yeah. We may have found a diamond in the rough. Pretty uh, crazy, honestly. I mean, sometimes, I mean, college coaches might not know what they're doing, <laughs> you know? And I'll sometimes, say it. Yeah, I'll say it. Um, and sometimes I feel like some kids are just gamers, you know? And they just have to get an opportunity. To play in-game. So, exactly, yeah. And I think, like, I underestimated Kyle Allen. I think that... It, I think it was justified for well, me to underestimate you, Kyle Allen. If you thought he was going to go no interceptions, first two career starts. Four touchdowns yeah. in the second game. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. You were like, just not being realistic. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Someone just, out there listening is like, I, I said it. I said it. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. If you said it, you can tweet at us at Pack is Life Quote, in tweet CSU. Your own tweet. Yeah. Tweet at us. We'll argue with you. Say you didn't say it. Um. <laughs> That'd be such th- a pointless argument. I think, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think there are, I mean, Kyle Allen's only started two games. He is 2-0, and did beat a Saints team last year that just, you know, were playing their backups. Yeah, the Saints are playing their backups and, now. Yeah, that's true. Backup but, quarterback, anyway. That is true. Um, I think it's, there's actually a big jump from year one to two mm-hmm. in Kyle Allen. Like, you see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Like, quarterbacks that have a decent rookie year. Did you year. think Mahomes could do that? Um, I mean, and he's doing it, but no, his he sat on the bench his first year. Yeah, but I mean, second. But that's what I mean. It's still the the jump from first to second oh, okay, year. Okay, is like uh, rookie. Even if you don't play, you know, the rookie year um, is like a big difference. You know, like Kyle Allen might have he probably I mean, definitely got good advice, experience, and learned a lot. You know, practicing with the Panthers for five weeks because we picked him up in like week ten or eleven. Yeah, last we year. picked him up in like week ten or eleven. Watching Cam Newton when he was hurt. Um, you know, even learning from Taylor Heineke when he was on the roster. And now I think like, you know, this is kind of the the middle, maybe towards the end of his like rookie year, if you will, mm-hmm. like a full rookie year. And I think he's only going to get better. I, I really mean, he do. He certainly looked really, really good against not a bad Cardinals defense. Yes. Cardinals, not, not not terrible, but not great. But I mean, they still, still have Patrick Peterson. Four, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yeah. That's all I got to say. That's an NFL defense yeah. right there, and he balled out on him. So, mm-hmm. hmm. Top five running backs in the league. Oh, yeah. This is something we were going to talk about. What are your top three or five? Top five running backs. I'm going to go with, right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say McCaffrey's number one. Yeah. I just... He hasn't given me any reason not to not to think he's not. Yeah, he didn't one. get caught from behind on his touchdown I know, against Arizona. He's gotten faster. He has gotten faster. I think Zeke is number two. Mm-hmm. Saquon number three. I'll give Kamara number four and Dalvin Cook number five. I I was gonna give a top five, but that was my top five. Really? I can't really exactly disagree with your top it. five. I McCaffrey, can't. Zeke, Saquon, Kamara, and Dalvin Cook. Because Kareem Hunt is not really playing. Kareem I mean, Hunt's, he's he's suspended. Nick, yeah, Chubb is good. Uh, Gurley's not, not there. who he used to be. Gurley is not. No, he, he's not even close. Um, Fournette kind of stinks. Le'Veon Bell, maybe a top five mm. running back. And he's never going to get those stats playing in New York. They yeah. don't even have a quarterback. Yeah. He's going to be playing eight-man boxes the rest of the season. That's true. So, I mean, I can't even disagree with that. Yeah. So that was a good 30 seconds of sports talk right there. Yeah. But <laughs> now for the more important yeah. uh, discussion. Me and John were talking about before the show. Yeah, and I was this like, you is know interesting. A lot, of, a lot of people talk about like top five running backs. Who's the best? But when you really need a partner, someone you can count on, mm-hmm. is when you're playing beer pong. <laughs> and we were, we were wondering, as I am not a great beer pong player. No. But I did, um, I did use a ping pong paddle for a whole game, and we did win. Now, my... Uh, partner Marcus made eight out of the ten and I yeah. made two with a with a ping pong ball racket. Hey man, if you score, you score. Exactly. If you're on the court. That's what I'm you're saying. Playing. So we we <laughs> got to thinking. And on the Carolina Panthers and in the rest of the NFL, all encompassing including like we're assuming we're doing regular rules where you do have to drink the beer or whatever alcohol it is. Yes. So we're having to take into account a uh, hypothesized alcohol tolerance. Mm-hmm. So John, who on the Panthers would be your beer pong partner 
first pick? Mm, honestly, I was thinking one of the offensive linemen. I'm going to go with Shaq Thompson. Really? Yeah, because I don't know. I think Shaq just likes to win, and I think he's more coordinated than a lot of people think. He had a lot of touchdowns in college. They would actually play him at uh, tight end sometimes. And running back. And, and running back, yeah. And I think he's I think he's really coordinated, and I don't know. I just that's just who I'd pick. What See, about you? I went through process of elimination. I, I was gonna pick either Kyle Allen too, but because yeah. uh, his name is two. Kyle. Yeah, of course. Yes. And I mean, if it was monsters in the cup, you have to go with Kyle. Oh yes. Make sure there's no drywall. <laughs> but like, you have to go with Kyle if it's monsters in the beer cups. But I understand yep. the pick with Shaq Thompson. Honestly, yes. not bad. My process was a process of elimination. Okay. Not gonna pick any DBs or running back or wide receivers. Fair. They do not have enough fat on their body to really absorb the alcohol Fair. well. Fair. So I don't. Again, for instance, I'm a I'm a big dude, but I I have I'm a lightweight. I can't yes. drink a lot. I inherited yeah. that, so you cannot account for this. So we're gonna uh, suppose more weight. So O Lyman, I think, was a good train of thought. Yeah, I went the opposite side. I'm going with a defensive tackle, KK Short. Okay, elite defensive tackle, been a mm-hmm. Pro Bowler at least a couple times. And the other thing I think that could give him the edge in beer pong is the crazy eye that he has. Like he <laughs> he looks off to the side, and so yeah. if you're thinking about defending the bounce. The bounce play that gets two cups out. Right, right. You don't know which cup he's looking at. So I think KK Short, being a big dude, he'll be able to take his alcohol better. And I think not <laughs> being able to see where he's going to throw the ball would give him a huge advantage, especially okay. early on in the ping pong game when there's like the full set of cups. Yeah. And like defensive tackles, I feel like are going to be a little bit better with their hands than offensive linemen. But again, I went for more of the alcohol tolerance and then the crazy right. eyes. I think really put KK Short over the top. And he is a really quick guy. I think that's fair. So Shaq Thompson and KK Short yeah. for the Panthers, beer pong partners. For the rest of the NFL, I got Matt Stafford because I've never seen anybody drink a beer faster than he did. And he put it on his Instagram story. It's pretty awesome. I mean, he's a Georgia boy. Enough said. And he can chuck it a million yards. Hmm. So Matt Stafford is your guy with the offhand, oh, yeah. like off the wall shot. Matt Stafford is my guy with anything in 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 Pong, without a doubt. Okay. Yep. Okay. Rest of the NFL, of course, first guy comes to mind is Gardner Minshew. Yeah, we said that's not fair. You can't pick Gardner. Can't pick Gardner. (laughs) So, for the rest of the NFL, I kind of want to go defensive lineman once again. Really? Yeah. You should go with Baker. I'm thinking J.J. Watt. Here's why. Yeah. Already a a legend. I know Gronk is someone that, you know what? No. Oh. I'd still take JJ over okay, Gronk because yeah. let's face it, by the time you're setting up the pong table, Gronk has already drank quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that puts him at a disadvantage. And also he's probably gonna break the table. So mm. that yeah, would kind of be true. a forfeit. I think JJ Watt is a perfect combination of being really, really good and being a big guy. All so. Right. Stafford and JJ Watt. We'll have to uh see if we can set this game up. Just add him on Instagram. Yeah. All right, we're going to NFL picks real quick. Uh, Ben's three, two, and one. I am a stellar five and one, and I'm going to jinx myself here, but I am not going to lose to Benjamin. He's never going to catch up. Okay, um, cool. My lock of the week is Chargers over Dolphins. What you got, Ben? Uh, my lock of the week is the Rams over the Bucks. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. Um, Your pick is unfair, but I did Patriots I, <laughs> over Jets last week, so that, I can't say anything. That's true. I got the Panthers over the Texans as an upset. It's a good upset. On the road, uh, Deshaun Watson, um, pretty good quarterback. And yeah, I think we're going to win. I'll tell you what, speaking of good quarterbacks, Josh Allen for oh, the yeah. Buffalo Bills. Oh yeah. I have the Bills over the Patriots is my upset of the week. Two 3-0 teams. Yes. The Patriots are either going to lose or win 41 to nothing. That's the only way that game goes. Okay. That goes right into our NFL overreactions. Oh my gosh. You guys have been waiting the entire program for this. Oh, we know. So we're going to bring it. Yep. Cue the music, me. John's up first. The Bills are going to win the AFC East after beating the Patriots this upcoming week. And I think Buffalo might burn down. Their week four Super Bowl win is going to be like no other. Josh Allen's going to throw for three touchdowns and three picks, but the Bills will get it done on defense. Speaking of the Patriots, I think they kept the wrong quarterback. I think they should have kept Jacoby Brissett. This dude is wheeling and dealing NC State's finest and best 
quarterback in the NFL that we have. Daniel Jones, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. The Giants really lucked out going from one Hall of Famer, yeah, I said it, Eli's a Hall of Famer, to another. Daniel Jones, throwing two touchdowns, running for two more, in an 18-point comeback. That's something that Eli never did in his entire career. Daniel Jones did it in his first game. And Russell Wilson, although we don't claim him as a state quarterback, not on this show. Not on this show. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. I got to give it to him. He doesn't make bad throws. He just doesn't. As much as it pains me to say it, he doesn't make bad throws. Although he couldn't beat the Saints, and I think the Saints are going to move on to Teddy Bridgewater after the end of this season. I think Drew Brees is going to retire after this year. Yes, it's me. I got one more. Oh, one more. Okay. Hit Baker me. Mayfield is not that cool. He pretends to be cool. He's a preppy, privileged boy who pretends like he's an underdog from the streets who pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He's the number one pick. He's playing like crap, and he's giving everybody and he's doing the us against the world mentality. It's like, no, man, figure it out. All right. The problem's in house. The problem is not outside. Not that Baker Mayfield isn't good. It's that Baker Mayfield isn't cool. He's not cool. That's fire. That's a fire take. You want fire, John? I do. I got fire for you. Let's go. The Dolphins of Miami are not going to score a touchdown the rest of the season. You know who else is winless, John? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have Big Ben. Everyone needs a Ben in their life. They don't have him. They have Mason Rudolph. They're winless, and they're not going to win. Until Mason Rudolph gets a Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, Red Nose, and oh wears it in the game, and he's going to win MVP while he does it. Oh, God. Did you see the game this year, this weekend? Yes. Tampa Bay. Oh, you yeah. saw all the games. I saw all the games. <laughs> Daniel Rose is a Hall of Famer only because Tampa Bay doesn't have a good kicker. And let me tell you something Tampa Bay. Is done with the kicker. And I don't mean just the kicker that missed the game-winning 34-yard field goal. They're done with all kickers. They're going to cut this guy, and they're not going to sign another kicker for the rest of the season. And the other teams are going to do it, too. No more kickers in the NFL. Hashtag no more kickers. But don't worry. I saved the best for last. And when I mean the best... I'm not talking about Waffle House. I'm not talking about LeBron James. I'm not talking about Cam Newton's dance moves. When I mean the best, I'm talking about Kyle Allen. Better right now than Tom Brady. Let me hit you with some straight facts, John. Tom Brady, career losses. 70. 70 career losses. Kyle Allen, zero. Zero career losses. Tom Brady, career interceptions, 171. Kyle Allen, zero. Tom Brady, completion percentage, that's where he lives, right? Wrong. Tom Brady's completion percentage is 64%. Kyle Allen's, 68.4%. And you know what? You know what's going to set Kyle Allen apart? You know how many losses Tom Brady has to Eli Manning, the backup quarterback for the New York Giants? Two. Do you know how many Kyle Allen has? Zero. I'm done. All right. That was part three of our NFL overreactions. Hope you enjoyed it. Quick note about the NBA. The preseason starts in nine days. So, Evan, your favorite NFL team, the Boston Celtics, 